3.15. Honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. The word of God for the people of God. You can be seated. This, uh, this morning I was thinking about kind of like how oftentimes we like to find our identity in things other than Christ in our culture, you know, whatever that may be. Uh, as you probably can tell for me, it might be Alabama football. It might be the Atlanta Braves baseball, you know, whatever it is. Each of us has something we may put forth before God at times. And I was thinking a lot about in social media if you, if you go and look online, you'll see all these people taking pictures and all these things. And, and they'd even be, uh, I even saw a pastor one time in the middle of the service take his phone and say, hey, everybody, I'm taking a selfie, and takes a selfie while he's preaching. You know, and I was thinking, he actually did it to make a point, which is the same point I'm about to make. We, we have a, a, a self-absorbed culture that's self-centered sometimes rather than being focused upon Christ himself. And if you, you, people are too worried about what other people think about them, especially in the online world, and we're going to be looking at a little bit of that today because we live in this culture, and this culture is moving in directions all across the different realms of culture that they're by, going away from the Bible. I don't think everybody in here could, could agree with that at some level. Our society has shifted away from Christ and what the scriptures say and into things that are of not of Christ, and uh, it's important for us to always be prepared. It's a Boy Scout motto, three scouts out there, but uh, that's something that uh, Peter's saying here, always be prepared, always be prepared. People are always asking us questions too, why does he say always be prepared? Well, Peter knew that even then people were asking all these questions about why do you believe in, in this Christ? Why do you believe in Jesus? Why do you have this hope? Why, why do you have this hope in your life? Like, I don't understand it. And we get these same questions. We can often get these same questions in our own life. Or why do you believe in Jesus? What's, why would you believe in this? Or maybe you've been out and you just had to experience God. Maybe on your car ride you heard a song and somebody sees you. And like, wow, what's this person? Why does this person seem so hopeful in these times, and this, uh, let's uh, first establish that God is the one that defines right and wrong. Oftentimes, we would like the, the world to define what's right and wrong. You know, He defines what's holy, what's not holy, and what's righteous, and what's not righteous. And if you've been in the Roman study, we've been talking a lot about righteousness and what is righteous and what is not righteousness. Um, but the good news is that God has given us this spirit-free, holy book and inerrant thought scripture that is, should be the final authority in all things in our lives. No matter whatever situation it is, we can take it to the Word, we can take it to the Bible, we can take it and defend it upon the scriptures that, that God himself breathed into these uh, authors so they could uh, record it for us. And we know that... Uh, Oftentimes, we, we can neglect the scriptures and instead focus upon what the culture may think is good or right. Uh, 
So we're going to be uh, looking at different ways that we are set apart, ways that we are set apart from the world, and uh, how we should be prepared to respond when given a question about our faith and how to respond to the world through a, what I would call a gospel lens, respond back to them through what the gospel says to us. And um, today these conversations can happen anywhere. You can have them at the store, at home, but predominantly these days it seems like most conversations seem to be occurring online. Maybe not for everybody, but if you go online you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, social media, which is, has, has, been a, has given us this gift of being able to communicate with anybody in the world instantaneously whenever we wanted to. And that can be a gift, or you may say, well, that's a curse, because uh, just depending on how you look at it, because I know if anybody's looked online, you see the, the, the hate you can see and how people just kind of reject each other constantly in this divisiveness. Uh, but this week, you know, this week alone, I have seen people argue that they do not sin, ever. I do not sin. I never make a mistake. I am perfect. Because the Bible says that. The Bible says that. It doesn't. It doesn't say that, just to tell you, tell you. But they do say, I do not sin anymore. I don't. And I've seen a post that says that love's all we need. We don't need religion. We don't need Jesus all we need is love. Like, I guess they listen to the Beatles too much. But and I even saw a particular article written by a pastor, nonetheless, that said that the cross is not important. You see, you can get the good and the bad on social media. I saw good things, too. But those are some things I saw that just showed me that we have this identity issue of who are we? Are we the world's or are we Christ's? And then, and then we all have our own opinions. It's like, what, I'm right, you're wrong, it doesn't matter. You're, you're done, I'm right, get out of here. When, in, when, when We can even be like that ourselves. You're wrong, we don't, I don't want to talk to you. I, I, don't, I don't like your opinion. But there's people out there defining their own view of truth. This is truth. may not be truth, but that's what they say is truth. And that's, uh, sometimes that truth can be outside of God. That's why we must be prepared, and we must be prepared through his word to be able to interact with people in our a culture around us, to be able to defend who Jesus is through our actions, but also sometimes through our words. You know, people decide that they think this is right. doesn't matter what God says. I think this is right. And so... Uh, that's why we must be prepared. If we're not prepared, we're not going to know how to de defend against those things. And our words are full. If you, uh, if you look online, you'll see, especially if you're on Facebook, that everybody's an expert on something. doesn't matter what it is. They could be an expert on religion. They could be an expert on politics. They could be an expert on marketing. They could be an expert on anything. You name it. Matter of fact, some people out there, they watch two videos on how to be an electrician and they think they're an electrician. Who would want that person to come work on their house if they needed some electrical work? Not, not me. But there's people, they'll do that. Okay, I've watched two videos. Maybe I'm on my third one. I, I can go do this. I can go be an electrician. I, I, I personally wouldn't want that person uh, messing with my electrical work, but they, they can be like that. 
It's not always bad because I, one day, I walked out to my car, my truck, and I tried to open the door, and I fell backwards. I'm like, what happened? And I look at my hand, and I have the door handle to my truck in my hand. It just ripped off. I'm like, what, what happened? How did this happen? I'm like, well, I don't know. And I couldn't get in my car. I had to come in through the passenger side to drive. But, like I said, there are good things. I looked on YouTube and figured out how to do it myself. and only cost me $12, but I would never say I'm a mechanic. Well, there are people who would think they were a mechanic because they fixed the door handle on the car. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with some of this stuff. As I said, they can be good. But our world is connected like this. And everyone, though, has become so divisive, if you haven't noticed. Just turn on the news, turn on the TV, go open up your Twitter, go open up the Internet. Whatever it is, you're going to see a lot of divisiveness. You don't agree with me, and since I don't, you, you don't agree with me, then you have offended me, or you're a moron, or you're stupid, or you're ignorant, or whatever it may be. These are, these are a lot of words we've been hearing uh, going around right now, and it's gotten to the point where in our culture, right and wrong have no clear definition. You know, good versus evil. Or evil is good, good is evil, vice versa. Appropriateness versus something that may be scandalous. Some people would find something appropriate, the other people do not find appropriate. It all depends on your worldview. Is it coming from culture? Is it coming from Christ? You know, God created us, but oftentimes people like to think that uh, in this world that God got things wrong and we want to change it. Well, I don't believe that God did right. I know better than the creator. And that happens a lot, you know. Opinion, opinions change as fast as the trending hashtags on social media. Who knows what a hashtag is? Who doesn't? <laughs> it's the, you can Google it if you'd like to see what it is. It's, it's a pound a pound sign and it basically marks trends like a hashtag Jesus is Lord or whatever then everybody that puts that well, it'll come up on their feed or whatever that is but if you don't know what Google is that's a good thing <laughs> maybe it's good you don't need to get on there but no it's a uh, but that's uh, if you don't know uh, those things you know bless you bless you and and I suggest stay, stay away but uh, it's a uh, and there's also good things on there. I'm just joking there. But with all the bad, though, on social media, it is uh, also an avenue where we can reach out to others with who Christ is by engaging them with the gospel and the, the, our lives as a witness to Christ. So I know everybody, you can find anything on the Internet you want, but there's definitely... And a, a portion of it where there are people that are uplifting, bringing the gospel to others, and just teaching others about who Jesus is. May not even be posting about Jesus, but the kindness they can show through their post. Even that, that's a witness to others. And uh, Peter was very serious about being prepared and being ready to share with others this gospel of Christ and the reason this hope we have to everyone, wherever we go, at home, at work, at the grocery store, at the gas station, at, at the gym, even at the church, and even on social media. We must be ready 
to present ourselves as Christ because our, our identity should be found in Christ. You know, our culture these days is broken. Our culture seems to be lost at times. And ultimately, they're very obsessed with themselves. And I think uh, all of us in this room at times have maybe have been self-absorbed as well, but you can clearly see this on internet in these social media areas. Because the reality is, you know, I've heard people say, you know, we're, we're in this. We need, we need to get away from it. But the reality is we're in, we're in this culture. We can't avoid it. It's here. It's all around us. So we have a few questions to look at this morning. One of them, this one uh, I was thinking about, it convicted me as well. Do we spend more time on social media apps than we do the Word of God? Do we spend more time on entertainment than we do with the Word of God? And I'll give you the Bible app. So if you have the Bible app, you know that one gives you a pass because you're reading the Scriptures. But do we spend more time on social media? Do we spend more time on uh, watching TV or whatever it is than we do in the Word of God? You know, do we worry more about how many likes or who likes our posts than we spend time with Jesus? And that's a, I don't normally care if anybody likes my posts, but I definitely can get caught up on a good binge on some Netflix or something at times, watching way too long and, and not, not stopping. We've all been there. Because um, it can... When you look at the social media aspect, it can mask our inner pain and maybe even our sins. We can hide behind these still images we've posted up there, and it can keep us from addressing things in our lives and then keep us from looking at issues that we need to take to the cross. You know, I bring this up because... I was thinking, you know, you, we, we all get on there, and, and, and I would say that most social media posts are, or they seem to be, uh, there's two lies I've seen through them. One is that you're not worth loving. People can see that. They feel that they're not worth loving. Why? Well, I don't have enough follower, followers or friends, or I don't have enough likes. People must not like me. I must not be worth anything. But... If my life was together, just like those other people I see, then maybe I would get this. People finding their self-worth in likes on Facebook as rather finding uh, their self-worth through Christ. There's, they think they're not worthy of love because they do not have people liking their posts. That was the case. Nobody would love me because I don't hardly ever post. So, but... I know that Jesus loves me. And that's, that's the thing. We need to know that our worth isn't caught up in what goes on in these things. We, our worth is built up in Christ and what he has done for us. You know, sometimes we, when we, we do post something, it's, it's like we're putting our mood up there and, and our happiness is built upon these images on a screen that in reality aren't actually reality. Because people put their best face forward on these things. Everyone has hurts and pains. Everyone has a need for Jesus. You know, then you have uh, 
Then you have the other lie that I am a big deal. Everybody likes everything I put up here. I'm a big deal. I have 500 people that have liked this. I'm, a, I'm so cool. I'm cool. Look at this. Look, everybody likes me. I'm so cool. But in reality, we're ha- they're putting too much emphasis on getting that value out of internet interaction rather than interpersonal and interaction with our Savior Christ. Because we can never have too, uh, too much Jesus. We can never have too much Scripture. And that's, that's a fact. You know, the devil even tried to pull that one on Jesus. Show him the stories of his temptations when he has them on top of the roof. And he's like, look, Jesus, you're, real, you're, you're important. You're so important. Just jump off. The angels will get you. You, you got, you, you, you're special. You've got big plans. Just go on and do it. They're going to save you. He was appealing to that same thought of, I'm a big deal but looking at it from a prideful way as opposed to knowing that his purpose was bigger than reality at the time. His purpose was to save the whole world, but the devil tried to appeal to him. Basically, well, the angels like you. They're going to save you. God ain't going to allow anything to happen to you. Um, you know, and whether you feel like you're hidden in life or whether you feel like you're the king every, or queen, everything we post reflects on what's going on inside of us in that moment. And then our identity can be caught up in those things when in reality our identity should not be based on cultural views. Our identity should not be based on social media likes. Our identity needs to be in Christ and in Christ alone. First Peter uh, 2.9 addresses this, says, but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. 1 Peter 2.9 talks about how we are, in, we are of God now. We are in, in his kingdom. We are not, our identity is found in Jesus and God himself not in the things around us. And that's uh, sometimes a hard thing for us to remember because we have so many distractions around us, whatever that may be. Our identity cannot ever be found in anything of this world. It must be found in Christ. Now, whether that identity is, as I was addressing earlier, whether it's in politics or social media or even college football, none of it can be where we find our identity as much as we find that identity in Christ himself you know should be found in Christ and in Christ alone God is the one we need to find our foremost importance in he's the truth God is the truth no matter what the world says he is still the truth we believe that if you're if you if you're if you're a Christian that's how we believe that God is truth his word is truth so how do we live into this in such a broken world. I found some verses in John, John chapter 17, John 17, 14 through 18. John 17, 14 through 18, it says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world anymore, more 
than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them, make them holy, purify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And in that section of John is another time he's saying, hey, look, we're, the world doesn't like, the world didn't like Jesus. The world didn't like him. The world's not going to like us all the time. But we're called to stand in his truth. Because you've heard it, have you ever heard it said, uh, be in the world but not of the world? I know that's a common phrase. We've probably heard it at least once. Um, when you think about being in the world and not of the world, in a lot of those verses, I don't, when you say in the world and not of the world, you think of, oh, I'm going to stay away from them. I'm, I might be in it, but I don't want to be around it. But in reality, if you read, if you hear there in John chapter 17, there at verse 18, he says, as you have sent me into the world, so about Jesus, I have sent them into the world. We're sent into the world. We're sent into the world. And if we're sent into the world, we're supposed to be ready to be able to have that interaction with the world to bring them to the truth of Christ. You know, Jesus has, Jesus has sent us into the world. And he came to send us into this world so that we can reach people and bring him to the cross of Christ. You know, we're called to go. What does it say in Matthew? Go into the world. And we're supposed to take this truth to this world so that they may see the hope that we have in Christ. Sometimes we may not feel like we have that hope, but we do. Because he's always, he always loves us. He's always going to be with us. And we, must, uh, we can take that with us wherever we go. And be ready to have conversations with people. Be ready to present who Christ is in your life so that other people may have a desire to look into following Christ themselves. And how the Holy Spirit lead them to the cross wherever we go you know people need to find truth people want to find truth people want to find that and that's found in Christ alone so amongst this world of self-absorption this world of self-righteousness this world of self-centeredness we must be Christ-centered and I used to make a, a joke in when I was younger, that we need to be more Christ-centric and not Joshua-centric. You know, you put your name there. We need to be more Christ-centric and not Josh-centric. And that's how we need to do. Live his truth daily, read his word daily, and so we can take it with us wherever we go. We cannot be concerned with what the world thinks. We cannot be concerned about what they may say about Jesus. Because I've heard some people say some wild things about Jesus. I don't know about you, but they, they like to reject him, even today. And quit being so caught up with our own self-image and instead be focused on that God's image in us that we can take to others. Because if we don't do that, then people won't know why we have that hope in our lives. You know, culture changes. Culture is always changing. I think uh, we, we're like, well, culture's just shifted so much. Well, it's been like that forever. I don't know if you, under, if you knew, but the, 
the early church was constantly dealing with what the Bible would call strange teachings or false teachings, and they would have these big councils, and these councils were there to basically say, okay, this stuff, we've got to deal with some of this stuff. We've got to have this right thought. We've got to do this. We've got to take these things to the cross that may cause us to stumble so that we may be filled with him. It's just like that now. It always has been. People always try to bring and change what the scripture says or what the scripture may present. But in reality, it's been the same since it was written 2,000 years ago. It means the same to them as it does to us. That we are incapable of being made. We are incapable of gaining righteousness or gaining salvation through our own selves. We can only do that through Christ. Christ alone. And on Hebrews 13, 7 through 9a, Hebrews 13, 7 through 9, it says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all these kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace. You know, when it says leaders, that's talking about anybody in your life. Anybody in your life that has built you up spiritually throughout your life. Anyone. It doesn't have to be a pastor. It could just be, could have been a friend at work. It could have been your, your mom or dad. It could have been your brother. It could have been anyone. But these leaders that helps you come to God we're called to imitate the, the faith of the righteous, the faith of Christ ultimately, because he never changes. He never changes. And that verse says that yesterday, today, and forever, that was written roughly 2,000 years ago when we're in that forever part, when we can say the same thing. Jesus doesn't change yesterday, today, or forever. Because the Bible's truth never changes. Jesus never changes. And we need to live into that taking our faith unchangingly to a world that needs the holy righteousness of Jesus Christ himself. And the only way that will be found by others is if we take it there. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, no matter what the world says. I am not ashamed of the gospel, no matter what culture says. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I will stand with God and his holy and truth-filled word will leave us with a question that we can take home and ponder. Do you care more about what culture thinks or what God thinks? Let us pray. God, we come before you this morning and just know that oftentimes we can let the things of this world define who we are, no matter what it is. And I pray that we would remember that we are not our own. We are yours. We are part of your kingdom. We represent you wherever we go. We are Christ followers. We are full of the spirit. We, are, we know that your truth is found in your word. And I pray that we can live out that truth wherever we go throughout our days of our lives. As we know that oftentimes we can dive into we can dive into something so much that we can neglect 
our own personal faith. Lord, and I pray that we would remember to spend time in your word and remember to build up the others around us through what you are teaching us. So we are called not just to be in the world, but to go to the world, to show them, to let them see who you are. And let them see who you are through our words, but also through our actions as we serve those around us through many things here at Cokesbury, such as the food distribution this Friday and many other ways, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen.